want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to figure out whether or not Lost is a good TV show. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. We made it, guys. We're, we're in the hatch. Season 2, Episode 1, Man of Science, Man of Faith. Gosh, I can't wait to talk about this episode. I know. Same here. Emma, before we get started, I think it's important. I think it's important for our listeners to know, would you consider yourself a man of science or a man of faith? Hmm. Or, frankly, a woman of either of those two things. You can pick. Okay. It's 2022. Um, you can pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick woman. And okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say a woman of faith. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am also of faith. I'm going to say I'm a non-gender specific of faith. Mm-hmm. I hate science. I hate what it's done to our world. <laughs> I think it's it would have been better if we had never had it, but can't go back now, so I just have to have faith that the world will someday uh, return to its normal state. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> perfect. Well, we've got that the relevant stuff out of the way, so let's move on to, I guess, the rest of the episode. Uh, uh, first impressions, Man of Science, Man of Faith. What are you thinking? I think it's such a strong start to season two like the intro alone is just so good yeah i my my thought on this episode is that you can even think whatever you want of the entire rest of the episode i think it still is really great for the most part the intro of uh desmond in the hatch is the best intro to any like season premiere of any show. It's perfect. Yeah. It's like just unequivocally fantastic. Like just when the reveal hits, you're just like, oh my God, you weren't ready for it at all. It, it, it's just so great. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see where this lands in terms of like how it's rated. I'm very excited oh, to learn that. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll save that for the end. I will tell you in terms of like TV ratings, this was the most viewed episode of Lost. Oh, really? Um, yeah, 23 million viewers. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah, so re- it's cool because it fits into the mythology of the show as well with the 23. Yeah, 23 million viewers. That is uh, insane that will never... I mean, no TV show will ever get that again. Yeah. Any TV executive would, like, murder their family in cold yeah. blood for the chance to get 23 million viewers on a single show. Yeah, absolutely. But okay, let's let's jump in. Uh, this episode aired September 21st, 2005. Uh, it was directed by Jack Bender and written by Damon Lindelof. So they're, uh, they're starting off strong. It begins before we see anything, just in the blackness, we hear a beeping. And then we see an eye open. We don't know who it is yet. Uh, we see a guy getting out of a bunk bed. Uh, his face is obscured. I will say that when I first watched this this episode live, which I believe I would have been watching live at this point, I did think this was going to be revealed to be Sawyer. Mm. And I was uh, just... that's a, He's kind of the only one who the hair would fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? I've got so much to say about hair in this episode, but we'll get there when we get there. The uh, He gets out of the bunk bed, uh, goes to the computer, types something in, and the beeping stops. And then he starts to get ready with his day... Puts in a record player, puts on uh, Mama Cass, make your own kind of music. I mean, this is a literal needle drop. 
What a needle drop. This is so great. Yeah. I this I've never heard this song like used as the part as a soundtrack to anything. It's just so perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyways, yeah, we see him. He's in a, a what looks like an apartment. Gets ready for the day. Exercises, showers, makes himself a smoothie that looks okay. What is that? Maraschino cherries and like a is that a full lemon? Yeah, it it was very weird. <laughs> Something about the way that the I don't know, just uh, uh, it, it was a joyless smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should say that. Like yes. it, it, nobody was enjoying drinking Mm-mm. that. Suddenly. Uh, this wonderful song stops with a crash. Record scratch. There's been an explosion. So this guy opens up a gun safe, gets a gun, looks up a telescope with mirrors that are positioned throughout his little uh, bunker, sees Locke and Jack looking down. He's inside the dang hatch. Let's go, baby. Season 2, Man of Science, Man of Faith. I mean, this, yeah, it's so good. It, it's just such a good intro. It is really, really good. Um, yeah, did, so is it a mystery what he injected himself with? We don't, oh, yes, we don't yeah, know that. he injects himself with something. That's right. Yeah, we don't know that yet. I don't think that the label holds any, like, it, I don't think it has a real scientific name on there. Uh, I guess I should have really looked into that, but I, I, as far as I know, it was a mystery at the time okay. uh, what he was injecting himself with. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Just truly, nobody saw it coming, mm-hmm. I think. Like, like there was no way... I mean, I guess you could have guessed that there's just a person down in the, in the hatch. But just the... They do such a good job of, like... It's definitely retro. Like, I think there's a lava lamp down there at some point. Mm-hmm. But the it's so... The little bike mo- that he is on, too, is, like, yes, straight yeah. out of the 70s. Yes. But you're so... Just the second you see all that stuff in your head, you, as a viewer of Lost, you've categorized this as a flashback. Mm-hmm. So you're waiting to see, you're, you're thinking the reveal is going to be, I guess, that one day Sawyer woke up and drank a smoothie? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then it starts turning and you realize what the reveal is, which is underneath this hatch there is a, uh, uh, an apartment. Uh, and I think, I want to be very clear here, the apartment under... The hatch is nicer than my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine too. It's a nice looking place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he has a washer and dryer in the apartment. Yeah. He doesn't for have sure. to go downstairs to do that. Like, that's really nice. I would drink a joyless smoothie every day if I didn't have to drive somewhere to do laundry. <laughs> Back up top, topside, uh, Hurley is chanting the numbers, talking about how they're doomed. And dead while staring at the hatch. Um, and uh, Jack, Kate, and Locke are talking about it. They're kind of like, uh, you know, like looking in, trying to decide how to get down. And Jack is saying it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what's inside. It's clearly not going to work to save everybody. Uh, so they need to just abandon it. Locke drops a rock down. They hear some kind of splash and they figure it's about 40 meters down. And Locke and Kate start. You know, coming up with ways to get inside, and Jack says, "No, we're done for the night," um, and that they need to get back to the other survivors. Uh, this is weird. I don't. I mean, this is a. I, I think this is more of a power play from Jack than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's no way that he like. Why would he care if Locke is fiddling with the hatch? Like, I guess maybe he just wants to be there for it. 
but he wants to be with the survivors too. I don't know, like, it's so weird. I don't know why he thinks Locke would agree. <laughs> like, after he he watched Locke, like, willingly get pulled into the earth by a smoke yeah. monster. Like, he, he knows that Locke is going to do anything if he thinks he needs to do it. Mm-hmm. If anything, it might be nice for Jack to have Locke occupied with something else. So they don't have to butt heads. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it honestly it's kind of like giving your, your toddler an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> you just kinda set him in the corner, you say, All right, buddy, yeah, you, you come up with all the cable that you need to get in there, all right? Mm-hmm. Come on, just uh, you know, call me if you get hurt. <laughs> uh but yeah, Locke agrees. I mean, I guess he agrees at first. He's probably just he's already thinking of how he's gonna get away from them anyways mm-hmm. at this point, I imagine. Yeah. And he asks Jack uh, why Jack doesn't want to go down there. And then we move to our first flashback. This is a Jack episode, of course. Have to start out season two strong with a Jack episode. So we move to flashback and we see a paramedic team is bringing in a patient. Um, very bloody and gory. Things do not look good for this person. Um, mm-hmm. And then we see Jack who has a full head of hair. And now, wow. have I told you, do you want to talk about the behind the scenes of this? Oh, did you, yeah. Did you see this at all? No. Basically, about a week before um, before they started filming this, uh, Matthew Fox, a live possum, attached itself to the top of his head Gosh. and would not let go. And like surgically, they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it to ever to let go of his head, so they did just have to film with it on there. Wow! Um, and it clearly hurt the episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you would not. You would not know that there's a live possum on his head <laughs> by just the way that he's acting. It's truly, truly talented. <laughs> I mean, we know lost reputation for terrible wigs, and this is uh, living up to it. They've got uh, the worst wigs in the biz. Yeah, it's it's undeniable. Yep. <laughs> um, so Jack is attending to uh, this patient, and there is part of a steering wheel or or something from the car sticking out of her chest. Um, mm-hmm. And as he is, it should have been the drive shaft. It should, right? that would have been a really fun little shaft. connection. <laughs> Um, as he's kind of looking her over, then the SUV driver comes into the same room, which I thought was maybe a little weird, but maybe that's Mm -hmm. really how they do it. I don't know. But as he's treating the patient, the SUV patient dies, unfortunately, we can hear them calling time of death, uh, as Jack is putting a syringe into her lung, and mm-hmm. getting a whole bunch of blood out of there. It this was pretty gory. And I Yeah. I'm just still surprised at what ABC was able to get away with and what they felt comfortable showing um throughout this show, but yeah. in this scene too. As he is walking away from the patient, we hear her say that she has to dance at her wedding, and then we learn that the patient is no other than Sarah, who mm-hmm. will be Jack's ex-wife someday yes his future Mm -hmm. (laughs) ex-wife um now did you catch who the other patient was no i didn't the the guy that died so his name was adam rutherford which is uh we know is shannon's last name oh so this person is uh you know at least related to shannon in Mm -hmm. some way um back on the island charlie 
is uh, telling everybody that nobody's coming. You know, the French woman made it all up. I, I, He's so sure he's kind of here. I, th- it's insane to me. Yeah. Like, Charlie, definitively, you of all people, you shot and killed somebody else on the island. Right. For you, like, he, it might not be here, it might be a little bit later, but at some point he says there is nobody else out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you just definitively know that that's not true, Charlie. What's right. going on, dude? And Shannon is distraught because uh, she lost Vincent. Vincent got away from her, and so she and Saeed head out into the jungle to go find him. Um, uh, she, she says something along the lines of, uh, this is the only thing anybody's ever asked me to do. Very sad. And not also, like, also not true. Because yeah. she was, like, the translator for Saeed, too. That was their oh, yeah, too. that's true. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I guess that's what, <laughs> that's what she uh, really needs to hear from people is, uh, I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hurley asked Locke why he lit the fuse, even though he was, like, you know, running at him screaming, saying, don't light it, it it's cursed. And Locke, and I, I, I do like, I, I'm kind of expecting Locke to be like, oh, I didn't hear you. I think that would be, you know, uh, uh, fair enough to say is like, I didn't hear you and didn't understand what you were saying. But Locke just says, yeah, no, I, I just wanted to see what was inside. Um, <laughs> uh, Jack asks him if it was his destiny uh, to, uh, to open up the hatch. And then Kate points out that the hatch door on the inside says uh, quarantine pretty spooky mm-hmm. shannon chases after vincent and finds him in the jungle just kind of chilling her and saeed separate to get around him but then he runs off she runs after him and then falls down and begins to hear whispers um and then she sees uh walt who is drenched yes he's sopping wet has water pouring out of his mouth it is pretty spooky mm-hmm yeah, so at this point, uh, it's been a full year. Malcolm David Kelly, it, you know, in the, the fiction of the show, it's been, I think, like a month or 40 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. Malcolm David Kelly, however, is an entire year older, uh, having, you know, probably going through puberty at that exact moment. So uh, he's taller, and they don't have him, they do have him speak. He does whisper, but it's backwards. Um, mm-hmm. And it's him saying, don't push the button, button bad, backwards. Which, uh, there's not really any context for that in this episode, so we'll have to see what he's talking about. Saeed does find her, but when he does, Walt is gone, so he doesn't see Walt. Kate asks Locke why he wants to go into the hatch. He's, he basically comes back and, you know, asks if, if she saw the smoke monster. Kind of trying to, like, lead her, I think, into, like, realizing why he's believing in destiny and all that kind of stuff. And he he also says, I wonder what Jack thinks he saw. Like, I guess thinking that Jack is just going to rationalize it away, mm-hmm. which is probably true. Yeah. He's, a, he's a, the definitive man of science. Hurley is talking with Jack and makes a joke about uh, Kate being his girl, uh, saying, like, are you going to let Locke make time with your girl? Jack doesn't appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, you got to love him. The Jorge Garcia, uh, Matthew Fox scenes. Uh, Jack asks about the numbers, and so Hurley explains his whole backstory, starting with him being in a mental institution, uh, talking about the, winning the lottery, all the bad stuff happening, the, the numbers on the side of the hatch. And then Jack's response is, oh, you were in a mental institution? 
Like, just absolutely uh, clueless. Yeah. And then <laughs> Hurley says, hey, what's the thing that doctors have where they're supposed to make you feel better by talking to you? Like, basically just the most absolute, like, softball, I'm going to roast you with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack says, oh, bedside manner. And Hurley says, yeah, yours sucks. But yeah, kind of a bummer. I... I mean, I guess that's more of it. It's just him being a man of science, but it would be insane for me not to believe Hurley at this point. Also, like after as everything a, you've seen. Yeah, of course. And also, as a man of science, like, mm-hmm. that should start clicking for you if, like, people are seeing those numbers. Like, that's not coincidence, you know? Like, yeah. there's no way that that could be coincidence at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Either you think Hurley is so utterly delusional. Because the numbers are still on the hatch, right? Like, the right. hatch didn't blow up that much. He could still find those numbers. Mm-hmm. So, like, either you think Hurley is utterly delusional and, like, thinks he won the lottery using some numbers that he just saw, which seems unlikely, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you have to believe that those numbers are the same, which would either be the world's biggest coincidence or, hey, maybe something's going on. Um, we get our second flashback uh, after that exchange, and it starts with a close-up of Jack's badge and then goes up to his possum head. <laughs> Just seeing a close-up of his face, too, I kind of wonder if Matthew Shepard is maybe using Ian Summerholder's old makeup artist, because his sure. cheeks are so rosy yeah. in that scene. Um but he... Well, the makeup artist, it was a three-year-old girl who was uh, trying <laughs> to have a tea time. So sure. she was, she you know, just putting on the rosiest dang cheeks you ever did see. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> um, he is looking over the chart of the woman who is in the car accident, Sarah, as she is waking up. And she asks uh, what happened to the other driver. Jack explains that he died and Sarah is really sad about that we have a single tear roll down her cheek and Mm -hmm. um jack also shares that her back is broken her spleen is ruptured things really really aren't looking good for her he was being very matter of fact about it yeah i think we should be clear his bedside manner does suck hurley is not wrong right (laughs) it's not good and as he's explaining this to sarah christian can be seen in the background and he's kind of eavesdropping on Jack and takes him aside uh, as they're walking through the hospital. Um, you know, Jack is looking for his daddy's approval and is asking uh-huh. him, you know, what went wrong? What what was I doing wrong? And Christian tells him that it's important to give people hope. And uh, Jack shoots back that what any kind of hope that he had given Sarah would be false. Uh, And Christian kind of comes back and tells him, you know, I know that, but it's still hope. Which is fair. Like, it's nice to see Christian not be a complete monster in an episode. It's so few and far between that we get those. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm I'm team Christian for once here. I think that he's he's right about that. Well, even if you don't want to give them false hope, maybe start the conversation with a, hey... This is going to be tough to hear, so I want you to be ready for yeah. it. Instead of, uh, oh, by the way, you're, you're paralyzed uh, right. forever. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> Shannon, back at the caves, is telling... Did they have Vincent, by the way? I don't think that no, they did, they did they? No, he, he they still got away. Yeah. He's off fighting the smoke monster on his mm-hmm. own. Uh, Shannon, uh, back at the caves, is telling everyone that she saw Walt, but nobody believes her. I think... I think it's on Saeed a little bit that he maybe should have stuck up for her. Yeah. 
he she heard whispers like she says that she heard whispers a phenomenon that Saeed knows about mm-hmm. like uh, she she didn't know about so like it has happened to her like it's not insane i guess it's insane that she saw wall but i don't know it's just wild it's just wild that they're they're that hostile to her about it uh jack shows back up and he gets on his little soapbox explains to everyone that the hatch well, first he explains that the hatch exists, which I guess people didn't know about yet, and then says, uh, by the way, it won't work, so we just wasted a bunch of time, basically. Uh, and um, also Charlie asks about arts, um, and Jack says he didn't make it, which I believe is a little bit of an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. For me, I mean, I guess it's horrifying, but if I watched a guy blow up in front of me, like, that happened to him, what, four hours ago? Mm-hmm. I would for sure mention that portion of it. Everyone starts bickering amongst themselves, and then Jack gives a speech about how they all need to stick together, and if they stay together, then they're going to get to the sunrise. Um, and as he's giving the speech, Locke starts loudly gathering some cable, uh, and uh, he's going to the hatch because uh, he's tired of waiting. Basically... Like, immediately undermining everything Jack just said. Uh, Kate comes up to Jack afterwards, asks if he really believes that everything is going to be okay. They kind of flirt back and forth. He says, she says something about, like, wow, that seems so unlike you. Like, I wouldn't think of you as an optimist, which other people have said stuff like that to Jack before. He's never, like, pessimistic, is he? Mm -hmm. He's always just kind of real. Like, he's just, or kind of like you were saying with the flashback, like, he's just matter of fact about, like, the circumstances. Right. But he's never like, well, we're going to die. We're all doomed. Like, he's never like that. That's Harley. That's Harley's job to be really pessimistic. He's like the pragmatic one. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. I don't quite understand that. But, um, so, yeah, they flirt with a bit, uh, for a bit, which I think is just Kate's way of uh, easing him into the fact that he is going to go, she's going to go to the hatch uh, with Locke to, you know, keep him from cracking his head open at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously disappointed, but again, like, you know, that uh, there's no reason for them not to be doing this. And obviously yeah. they don't know what's in there, but like, it would be insane for them to just leave it open till morning if they yeah. know it says quarantine on it. Like, it maybe is insane for them to go in and, in general, like maybe they should be trying to just cover it back up just to leave it open. Like, especially like Desmond's down there, uh, just chilling, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I I have hope for the Jack and Kate dynamic this season, uh-huh. just based on this scene, because I think that their chemistry is a lot better, and I think that Jack isn't, like, freaking out and throwing a tantrum, because she, like, he actually handled it pretty well, but she wanted to go with Locke. <laughs> he handled it like a normal had. adult? Yeah, exactly. He didn't have a single beat of... Sp- sweat coming out of every single one of the pores <laughs> yeah. on his face right because she disagreed with him mm-hmm. <laughs> that is pretty nice yeah that's yeah. a good point i hope yeah. um uh we get our third flashback and jack is meeting with sarah's fiance played by anson mount oh the scene um and he is explaining how bad the situation is for sarah uh and um, Kevin, the fiance, is asking the important questions like, sure. will we be able to make love? Can she go mm-hmm. to the bathroom by herself? Um, you know, 
those are only questions in this scene, which yes. really touching, you know. Yeah. Great relationship he, uh, there. Real piece of shit. Real Chris Hardwick type. It, he looks like a male model. Like, he's got, like, the squarest jaw imaginable. Mm. He's got, like, wavy hair. So, I guess they just really want you to know that he's shallow. Yes. Right. Um, but, yeah, literally all the worst things you could say to somebody who's trying to explain your wife's, like, debilitating condition. Right. Yeah. Oof. Um, Jack shares that the damage is serious, but he's not sure how serious that he needs to... Uh, he'll figure that out during the surgery he, I think, maybe trying to improve his bedside manner. He asks the fiance when their wedding is. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, like, yeah. it looks very forced. Uh, and yes. Kevin responds in eight months. And Jack says, oh, she should be recovered by then. And this is somehow incredulous to Kevin for some reason. Yeah. Like, He's like, probably a doctor, too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But then we go to the operating room. Jack enters uh, and Sarah's still awake. Um, She hasn't been put under yet. Um, And she asks him to come here and move in closer. She has a secret that she wants to tell him. uh, And she says, it's okay. I I know I'm not going to be dancing anymore. And Jack surprises the entire operating room by saying that he's going to fix her as she doses off. Um, kind of a strange choice of words, uh, but he seems yeah. very determined and wants to give her maybe a little too much hope. <laughs> uh, this is great. I love how like insanely intense he is. Yeah, he um, yeah. Like just and everybody staring at him is extremely funny as well. Where he kind of realizes like that's got to be like the one thing you don't say to somebody going into <laughs> surgery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Matthew Fox is he is really doing a good job this episode. He is Mhm. Yeah. He's killing it. Also, I think it is important to note, have you ever had surgery before? Yeah. Okay, so you would know Sarah does not remember him doing this. No. <laughs> like no. She's she she passes out as he finishes the sentence. So right. yeah. like he's in the clear if it doesn't work. Exactly. I think that's <laughs> That's a very good point. There's no yeah. way she's remembering that. <laughs> Locke and Kate uh, start grabbing the cables uh, to get back to get down the hatch. Uh, they're uh, they're a fun little pair, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both um, they're both wily and like just determined to go, you know, to do whatever they want to do. We've talked about this. I think this is a good time to lay one down. We have talked about how we think Kate is a Sagittarius. Mm. Where where are we putting Locke now that we've gotten to know him a little bit better? Um, he kind of gives me Aries vibes. Mm-hmm. I, 100%. Oh, you agree? I think he's a fire sign for sure. Yeah, fire sign for sure. I, the reason I say Aries is because he is really um, impulsive. Always just try- Moving forwards towards whatever he's looking at. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. All right, cool. We're putting that down on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Locke is an Aries. Um, uh, Kate says, hey, what should I say? She basically says, what's the safe word for if I yeah. want to stop? And he says, uh, yeah, just say stop. I think it would have been better if they had come up with a different one, like buffalo or something yeah. like that. Just something, something, a fun code word. Like a really specific bird call. Yeah, 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 that's right. 
Um, you have to answer my riddles three. Uh, uh, he begins lowering her down. Partway down, though, a tree that they're using as an anchor uh, breaks. She slides down quite a bit, drops her flashlight. He catches the rope and, like, grabs it with his bare hands. Just, like, bleeding all... Just the worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to come up on the show. It's it's a nice visceral moment where you just see the blood on the rope and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I think if we're being realistic here, this should impact everything he does for the rest of... like. He should always be thinking about his hands right now. Yeah. That would be such a bad injury to have <laughs> on the island. Um, <laughs> she starts counting as uh, as Locke finally stops her. Um, <laughs> she does start to say, like, hey, maybe we should. And then he just starts lowering her again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she starts counting. She, she sees a light change or something shift at the bottom. Uh, so she knows, like, somebody's down there. And she yells to stop. Um, and Locke does stop, to his credit. I was kind of expecting him to not stop, yeah. but um, he does stop. And then the same light, we can assume, that he saw um, after uh, after Boone died is at the hatch. Uh, or is that was that after Boone died? But yeah, the light turns on, is spilling out of the hatch, uh, and then all of a sudden the rope starts getting pulled down, and Kate is gone. Scary. Yeah, very, very spooky. Uh, if you're Locke, in my opinion, you're kind of wondering, like, oh boy, do we maybe just chalk this up as a loss mm-hmm. and not go down this hatch anymore? Uh, Jack decides to go back out because he is, uh, you know, worried about Kate, most likely. Uh, and he tells Hurley that he changed his mind about all the stuff he just gave the big speech about. And he gets to the hatch, but nobody is there, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, I mean, I guess probably what you expect, right? Like, not knowing what's going on. But the the rope is tied to a tree, which it should have been from the start. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the what they were doing with having like having it circle around four yeah. trees and then lock lower her down. Like we've seen Kate climb every tree on the island so far. Mm-hmm. Like she could climb down that rope. Uh, but yeah, Jack starts climbing down. Uh, then it moves to flashback, and mm-hmm. Jack is running up uh, stadium stairs uh, and notices another man doing the same thing who's much, much faster than Jack is. Oh, this Jack is so is. good. This is so good. <laughs> this is like a perfect snapshot of Jack as a character. Yes. It is. Um, that competitive spark is is lit in him, and he tries as hard as he can to catch up and and uh, win the race. Um, <laughs> that's all in his head. Uh, but he yes. ends up tripping and twisting his ankle. And the other man comes over to help, uh, who we find out is Desmond. Um, and he helps Jack sit down and shares that he was almost a doctor. Uh, <laughs> And then Jack says, small world, uh, I am a doctor, which yeah. I thought was kind of funny. Like, you not a small world because you're a doctor. Um, yeah. <laughs> Desmond is uh, extremely charming. He's so charming. He has, like, the most delicious Scottish accent, too. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um, he shares that he's training for a race around the world, uh, and is kind of um, teasing Jack, trying to figure out why why he's punishing himself running all these steps. Um, and Jack says that he's trying to work out a few things, and Desmond immediately assumes it's about 
a girl uh, and Jack confirms that it's about one of his patients, Sarah. Yes. So Jack is not happy about having to confirm it too. No, he's not. <laughs> Desmond really had to pull that out of him. Um, yeah. But he is feeling guilty because he promised that he would fix her and feels like um, he failed already. Um, and Desmond says, just one thing, what if you did fix her? And they have a small back and forth uh, with Jack being annoyed. Um, and mm-hmm. he, Pretty fairly, I pretty, would say as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I think so. Because Desmond, I, like, Jack really just says, like, I had a patient and I didn't fix her. He doesn't say, like... Yeah, we just finished the surgery and I'm waiting to get the results, but I already know what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Which is, he should have had that kind of line in there. Because it makes Desmond seem really annoying. Where if you had just put that line in, then it would it would flow a lot better, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was hard to figure out like what the timeline looked like for when they were having this conversation. Yeah. Uh, like, I didn't realize until the next flashback um, where mm-hmm. it kind of lined up, but... The back and forth does end with Jack saying that in order to fix her, she would need to experience a miracle and that he doesn't believe in miracles. And that's kind of it. Desmond takes the hint and he goes mm-hmm. on his way and says, see you in another life as he's leaving. See you in another life, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good Desmond. Thank you. I've been mm-hmm. practicing it for years. It's the only thing I can say. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> so J- uh, back on the island, uh, Jack gets into the hatch. He uh, he falls down in a little puddle at the bottom and starts walking in. And he is um, he sees some hiking boots left on the ground. They're like, uh, and then he's basically just in like a like I don't know. It looks like when you see one of the doors open at Disneyland, and it's like backstage, like behind all the. Like, just all the pipes and the furnace and that kind of stuff where you're just, like, it's just all um, machinery, I guess. I don't know. It has a very backstage feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, I used to work at the Mall of America and, like, all the little corridors where, like, you have to go bring garbage or, like, or stuff like that. Like, it it reminds me a lot of that. That kind of, like, claustrophobic Mm -hmm. feeling. Those uh those areas give me bad vibes. Yeah. I feel like yeah. someone could be living there and I wouldn't like you just fully wouldn't know, especially Mall of America. Yeah. There's, there's for sure There's for sure people living in the Mall of America yeah, that like definitely. aren't supposed to be there, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um <laughs> he also sees a mural covered in numbers. We see all of the standard ones and then we also see 108 is pretty prominent. I guess I say standard ones in terms of, you know, the 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Uh, all of those add up to 108, so uh, that's something. Uh, there is a wall which is magnetic. Uh, it pulls the key from his from his necklace uh, for the, the gun case. Um, and then as he continues walking down, a mirror turns towards him. And then all of a sudden the music turns on extremely loud and a light blinds him. So he ducks into... Uh, a room with, like, an old, like, 70s-style computer. Mm-hmm. Like, one of those computers that just fully takes up the entire room. Um, and it's a cool-looking room, too. It's kind of like a kind of like a greenhouse-type look, I guess, with a, as, as a big dome. Yeah. It's really neat. Um, he, uh, he looks around at the computer, and he's about to press a key on it when Locke says, you know, you shouldn't do that. 
uh, and Jack and Locke, Jack starts to get mad at Locke and then realizes that Locke uh, has a gun pointed at his head by somebody else. Uh, then we go to the final flashback. Um, Jack is in Sarah's room uh, as she is waking up from surgery uh, and she asks if she is alive. Um, she also says that he smells bad and mm-hmm. like really... This goes on a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, she's just so cheeky and down to earth. Like, yeah. I bet she watches football. Like she is... She's so I bet fun. you when she goes out drinking with the with the fellas she she probably doesn't get one of those fruity drinks i bet you she gets a, a dang beer i bet she does you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> um so they're having their little back and forth very cute i think is what it's supposed to be but eventually she does ask if kevin is around and of course he isn't um doesn't even sound like he was there for the surgery at all no he, so he just to be clear, no spoilers, I suppose. Kevin will no- never show up on the show again. We're never going to see Kevin. Um, <laughs> canonically, there's no answer for what happened to him. My personal belief is he left the hospital to go find you know, somebody that he could uh, have sex with and fell into a wood chipper. Mm. Uh, that is what I believe happened to him. Yeah. Well, there's no proof help. of that, but there's no proof that it didn't happen either. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked how the surgery went and, um, we get a really touching scene from Matthew Fox. Like he does such a good job in this scene. And I think the way that he builds it up to the end is just so flawless and perfect. I'm just a really big fan of him in this scene. Um, but he explains that the damage to her back and spine was irreparable and he couldn't fix her uh, spinal column. Um, she asks if he's yanking her chain, uh, because she can wiggle her toes. And then the camera pans back and we see her wiggling her toes. Jack is obviously thrilled and excited and, uh, starts getting teary as he's poking her leg with a pen and asking if she can feel it. And she can. Yeah. Um, -hmm. and yeah, I thought that the exchange between the two of them was really touching and, she is being a little annoying, but I think that the the climax of the scene works really well. Yes. Well, so what I will say is I don't think that they have good chemistry together no. at all. Uh, they have, like, negative chemistry. Yeah. Uh, but this scene is extremely touching still. Like, just the her, you know, him realizing that he did actually perform a miracle, essentially, mm-hmm. is something else. And I think that it's kind of a testament to how, like, writing works, how big of a deal the writing is for stuff, and the tone and editing and all of that. Because, like, we know now Julie Bowen is very funny. Like, she's a funny, uh, she's on Modern Family as the mom, Mm. and she's genuinely very funny on that show. So, uh, there's no reason that she should be this unfunny on Lost, except for that it just isn't quite gelling with the lines and that kind of stuff. Like, it's just not quite right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back in the hatch, uh, Locke and Jack argue about where Kate is, with Locke saying that she's safe, but she's nowhere around. Jack asks Locke, so is this your destiny? The guy that's holding the gun to Locke's head swivels around from behind the corner and uh, says, you know, don't move or I'll, I'll shoot his head off, brother. And then we recognize him. Guess what? That's Desmond. 
Um, and Jack recognizes him, which I think is fair. I remember seeing people at the time being like, really? Jack would remember this one guy he saw on a run? Like, this was, it would have been like, you know, a few years ago at least because Jack had time to get married and divorced to Sarah and it, before going on the plane crash. And he had time to, like, ruin his relationship with his father by turning him in and all that. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say, I think if a guy, if you, on, like, basically your lowest moment are out running and then a guy says, hey, what if you did perform a miracle? And then a few hours later you get to a hospital and find out you did. I think you do remember that guy for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, I think Desmond shows up in Jack's dreams sometimes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, so it is not crazy that Jack recognizes him right away. And how many other people, aside from, like, Hulk Hogan, say brother that frequently? Yeah, that's a good, that's a great point. <laughs> okay, now hold on. Emma, you've just keyed into something. What if instead of Henry Ian Cusick, it had been Hulk Hogan? Maybe he... I think that... Maybe that could have worked. Done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it could, I think they have basically the same hair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do like how they have to. I mean, as soon as he says, uh, you know, "I'm gonna kill him," like as soon as he's like whispering that from behind the thing, you do know who it is. Yeah, and and, and not that it takes away from the reveal really at all, but it is the show has to take a little bit longer to reveal it. But like, there's still so they have him like whispering, and they're probably having him hide his accent a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, it still is very obvious, like, oh, this is the only Scottish character we've ever had on the show. Shows up in a flashback in L.A., and now there's a second Scottish character. I guess I wonder who it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, I would say absolutely Cracker Jack season premiere. Yeah. Uh, very good. Really, really good. And it's hard to, you know... The season finale, for one, was so good. I'd imagine that the writers were under so much pressure. Oh, right? yes. This could have biffed it hard. Yeah. And it and it did not at it all. It lands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. And I will... Well, we'll talk about it. Um, I don't know if this episode necessarily... Because the interesting thing about this episode, it definitely sets up some mis- like some more mysteries. Um and it does answer some stuff, like, of, like, what's in the hatch, but it also does not answer, really, in any solid way, what's in the hatch. Like, yeah. we still don't know, and it kind of dances around it with them arguing about going inside of it up top. I kind of think that the whole reason that they had Jack do the little speech about how, and Jack be so focused all of a sudden on getting back to everybody, is because... They didn't want to spend as much time in the hatch this episode. They wanted to have more reveals for future mm-hmm. episodes, sure. which is kind of a bummer. But overall, just I mean, that season, the opening scene is fantastic, and it it the flashbacks are genuinely pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, on IMDb, this one shows up at number nineteen. Wow. Um. Yeah, I kind of would have expected it to be higher. To be completely honest. Just the intro alone, I feel like it deserves to be up yeah. a little bit higher. I mean, it's this is iconic, right? This is iconic lost stuff. The 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 opening of Desmond putting on the make your own kind of music. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just really great. But yeah, so that's it for Man of Science, Man of Faith. Next week, we have Adrift, uh, episode two, which is a Michael episode. So oh, good. We, we go into the ocean. It's kind of nice that they're starting off with a Michael episode this early, too, yeah. in the season. Uh, yeah, 
that's it for this week. Uh, please give us a review. Apple Podcasts, five stars. Um, one star for every possum baby that was also hiding on top of Jack's head. I mean, that wig is so bad. It's um, so bad. They couldn't have done something else. Like, that's the other thing is, why did he need it? He doesn't. Like, Jack's hair has been the same pretty much the whole time he's been on the island. Yeah. But, like, he is an adult man. He can just pick his haircut. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like he was forced to get a haircut shortly before the show started. He probably just likes his hair short. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make sense as a surgeon, actually. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, it's so unsanitary that he <laughs> was yeah. in the ER with just that full possum on his head. Well, possums are actually cleaner animals than you would think. But oh. yeah, I agree. It is pretty unsafe. I, we don't know if that possum was sterile. And I think yeah. we probably have to assume that it wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, send us an email, allthebestpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at allthebestpods on Twitter. And until next week, get lost. Get lost.